Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. I believe I was raised in Leave it to Beaver's house. Um, of course, anyone under 30, 35 has no idea. Yeah, leave it to who? Who leave it to Beaver is. But <laughs> I think I remember my wife, uh, my mother uh, vacuuming the living room in a cocktail dress and pearls. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Have you ever heard of Brant Kreider? Never. Uh, Gotta admit, me either, uh, until I actually talked to the guy. He is the president of Yves Saint Laurent, uh, which what is, is that? a fashion house in ah, New York City. That's why I haven't heard from him. Um, and he's the past president of Prada, the past president of Gucci. Uh, basically, the guy can't keep a job. Um, but I, I was I was doing a writing project where I was talking to some sort of influential fathers, and he was one of them. Uh, to talk to him, he's just like the strongest Christian you've ever met in your life, which is you just don't think about that when you think of the fashion industry necessarily. How is that writing project uh-huh. going? Oh, good. What are you doing? Nothing. It's been dead for like two years. Ugh. Yeah, they dropped it. How frustrated do you get at the writing process? Uh, very. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff just on my computer <laughs> uh, that I just go back and listen and to. And in your mind. In my mind. Um, so I was talking to him, and he said, you know, I'm not sure you understand what I do, but I spend half of my year in Paris and Milan and he said, when I go to meetings, I tend to take a private helicopter, you know, around New York City. He said, but, and I get invited to some amazing things, but I only go to maybe one in five of the things that I'm invited to, because at the end of the day, I've got to go home and see my wife and my boys. He says, I don't get it where these how guys, novel. <laughs> he says, I don't get it how these guys work all week, and then they go spend their weekends apart from their families. He said, I don't even understand that. I don't know who those people are. So he was a, he was an amazing dad, which was the whole point of kind of the interview with him. Uh, just an amazing, amazing guy. So then I had uh, numerous couples in my office, but one just in the last couple of weeks. And they were each talking about how, uh, you know, well, she was gone on Tuesday night because she went out to happy hour with her friends. And then he went out Friday night with all of his buddies uh, to Top Golf. And then he, he went on a business trip. And while he was gone, she was going to Vegas uh, with some girlfriends. And when he got back, he had a fishing trip. They, they just did everything seemingly separately. And I tend to see this a lot with the couples that. I see in the office and then it dawns on me. Oh, well, maybe there's a reason there in marriage counseling, because this tends to be a trend that you see uh, in couples that aren't doing really well. Um, It's interesting. You 
not spending leisurely time together. Yeah. And you don't think of that being a big deal. Correct. And yet it sort of is. And you, you've mentioned that you see that a lot in young couples. Yes. Uh, the leisure activity thing. Right. And it's, you know, in thinking about that, and I know we've spoken about that, um, even in preparing for today, but, um, you know, looking back at older generations, you hear of men playing golf all day on Saturday, but you don't hear of the happy hours on a Tuesday. But what's interesting is it probably in older generations, it was just, they would stay at work till 10 o'clock and this newer, correct. This newer generation doesn't do that. So they do, it's the same problem generation to generation. It's, it's just materializing differently. And maybe in, in this modern context with more disposable income, these happy hours are occurring more. Absolutely. It's, it is difficult. It's a little surprising, I guess you would say that we're picking leisure activities as an issue to talk about Of, of all things that we could be talking about. Um, why this one? And yet, uh, when, when we work with couples uh, in my practice, we uh, use the prepare and enrich inventory that a lot of people, a lot of churches use it. Uh, it's just a great tool. And we've all heard of the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse uh, and the four things that you know people always argue about in marriages, and it's children and money and in-laws and sex. Those are the, those are the four biggies. But the prepare and enrich inventory breaks it down into nine different areas that are critical to a healthy marriage. And one of those being leisure activities. I remember when I first saw that thinking, well, that's kind of odd. Why, why would that make the list? And yet the more that you work with struggling couples, you see that this is absolutely an area that is rife with conflict and can be um, a warning sign uh, of other things uh, not being good. It's all about um, creating memories yeah. at the end of the day. So leisure activity is creating positive memories together. Yes. Um, and I found a, a TED Talk by a Daniel Kinnaman. He's a Nobel Prize winner, founder of Behavioral Economics. Um, and this TED Talk um, boiled it down to, to this. He said, Kinnaman said, um, that future decisions are based off of our memories and not necessarily our experiences. He used the example of a couple out at a, you know, a fine restaurant, it's a perfect table, food is exquisitely prepared, wonderful wine, experience is perfect. Uh, But when clearing off the table, the waiter spills coffee into your lap. He said the odds are the coffee spilled will degrade your memory of the food and the wine, no matter how exceptional it was. And if the hot coffee burned a leg or damaged an expensive dress or suit, the wonderful dining experience may not be remembered at all. So his point is our experience, even if they're fantastic, is going to be overshadowed of our by our memories. And, and subsequently, yes. our future decisions are based off of our memories, not how experiences. Important our memories are exactly. Uh, and I, if you're creating, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say I lived that example uh, several years ago. We were out with a couple to uh, um, a Cajun fried Cajun papados. Delicious. And you work for papados. Oh, you were oh, a waiter. I almost killed a man one time. <laughs> That's another story for another time. So, well, this is what, that's what happened with here. This, uh, someone behind the lady that we were with, 
uh, had several, you know, three or four or five different plates on this platter, and he trips, and the platter just goes flying straight at the back of this lady's head, and she got like 75 shrimp down her dress, and it was, I don't remember anything. That's the only thing I remember. Of don't the remember entire, what she had, don't, anything else. I don't remember anything about it. Did she at least get to keep the shrimp and take them home? And <laughs> oh, She wouldn't let anyone, well, dig into her you know, dress. <laughs> she wouldn't let them, which I thought was a little odd. Um, <clears throat> but to your point, yes. When we, because in a marriage, we share the drudgery. Well, a lot of us do. So we're going to share when we have to go to work, and we're going to share when we get home and mow the lawn and take out the trash and wipe the baby's bottom and cook the food and go to the grocery store. All of the drudgery-type activities we share. But then as soon as we get some leisure time, some individual time, we part company. And girls go one way and guys go the other. And it's like, so... We associate drudgery and the necessary obligations of life with our spouse, but our, the fun times, our spouse is not present. And that's the sort of thing that can go in to trumping the experience with our Yeah, memories. and to Kinnaman's point, it's, yeah. it's if all of our positive memories are with other people and all of our negative uh, exp- or mundane experiences are with our spouses... And, and if our future decisions are dictated by our memories, uh, that spells tremendous trouble in yeah. our relationship. And the, the, the issue of separate leisure activities also leads to what I believe is one of the just the, 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 the canary in a coal mine kind of, a, uh, of, of problems within a marriage. And that is you've got two people that are living parallel lives under one roof. Uh, they live at the same house, but their lives don't touch all that much at all. When our goal is we want to live one life under one roof. If God brings two people together as one, then you need to live one life, not two separate parallel lives. And <clears throat> to that point about our memories, after a, after a while, we we begin to morph our memories to, to fit our worldview. So I've had so many couples just say, we cannot be in the same room without arguing. Well, obviously that's not true, but they would put their hand on a Bible and swear that that was true. Um, I hear this. I never loved her. Come on. Unless the father had a shotgun in your back. Yeah, and you were handcuffed down the aisle. Yeah. Exactly. But he, again, he would swear on a stack of Bibles that that was true, that he never, ever loved her. And so we morph our memories. I've, I tell clients all the time about my sister and I. I believe I was raised in Leave it to Beaver's house. Um, of course, anyone under 35 has no idea. Yeah, Leave it to who? who Leave it to Beaver is, but <laughs> I think I remember my wife, uh, my mother uh, vacuuming the living room in a cocktail dress and pearls. It, I had Which the most... Which after dinner drinks, sitting on the side for their husband. After Ward comes home, takes off his jacket and puts on a sweater, but keeps the tie on. And the keeps shoes. Keeps the tie on. Or did he take off shoes? Well, it's almost like Mr. Rogers. But... I thought I lived in a just a, a almost perfect house. Vicky, on the other hand, 
would, would remembers it sort of as an emotionally distant and abusive house. And we look at each other like we both have two heads. Uh, but over time, my worldview and looking back at my upbringing was that it was idyllic. Therefore, I filter out any of the negatives and only let the positive. She filters out any of the positives and only lets the negatives through. So if you're not racking up any positive memories, we stand to pay a price later on. Yeah, I always tell my clients that we put on glasses uh, when we see our, our other people, when we see our relationships, and these glasses are going to be shaded um, a certain way. So if we have a tremendously amount of negative experiences with this other person or mundane, it's going to be shaded that way. And now I'm going to look through these glasses at this person and see our relationship like that. But if they're filled with positive memories, it's going to be shaded that way. Um, And I'm going to see my spouse like that. Therefore, okay, so what can we now do about this issue? One thing before we go to problem solving, it can, this issue of not spending quality leisure time together can be, become this vicious cycle. Because if we're not practicing this, um, and we're, we're just racking up negative experiences or mundane experiences with our, our wives and our husbands, um, then obviously that's going to lead to trouble in our relationship. And if our relationship is troubled, we're probably going to want to spend more time outside the house, not in it. So this really can be a, um, an escape for spouses. Yep, yep. And it's, it's not a, I don't want to spend time with you, but the guys are getting together for drinks, so I'm going to do this. But it's, it's, it's an absolutely an escape mechanism um, that's, that's um, on, the, on the surface pretty innocent, um, but just perpetuates the, the problem. Now, moving toward a solution. Um, this is something when it comes to leisure activities that spouses should have branded onto their frontal lobes. And that is, we do not have to love what we're doing. We just have to love the one we're doing it with. Uh, we are broadcasting, uh, so you're telling me I have to go to Aggie games. Yes. I have to go to Fredericksburg. We're in Austin and I would rather have to wear maroon. Oh, yeah. And take your hat off in the Student Union building. No, don't get me because started. Because that is for wounded warriors. I had an old ag get on me. And this is Texas A&M University, for those that don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of ridiculous rules. Sorry, Aggies, if I'm offending you. Uh, I had an old ag get, get on to me in the Student Union building one time. Yes, because you were not being respectful <laughs> to the fallen Aggie heroes. The glorified ROTC. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I don't like going to Fredericksburg, which is again in central Texas. Uh, I would rather gargle shards of glass than have to look at one more antique. Uh, but those plates. Yeah, there's something, but it's not, it's not about me liking it. I don't have to love what I'm doing. I just, it's worth it. And it's actually a good time because I'm doing it with Beth. Uh, not that I actually love that. Uh, and so just because we don't enjoy an activity is not our get out of jail free card. Um, we are to spend time with our spouse doing what they like doing and vice versa. They need to spend time with us uh, in doing kind of what we like to do. And it's just golden if we can ever find an activity that both of us really enjoy doing. But that's just like hitting it out of the park. And I'm not even sure you want to shoot for something like that. Um, 
you know, Beth and I finally ended up on um, rock climbing uh, as our shared uh, activity. <laughs> uh, and we like to base jump. Uh, oh, man, that time Go off to the Empire State Building paradoxpodcast.com and take a look at Jimmy's body. <laughs> And then you figure out, and, and and the and the phrase "extreme athlete" comes to mind. You figure out how when you see that. that statement. All right. So the first thing is, you do not have to love what you're doing. You just have to love the one you're doing it with. Second, this is an intentional choice. We have to try not to spend time separately. Therefore, you want to plan on calendars date nights once a week. And to your point about, uh, you know, uh, positive memories, I tell couples this all the time that are in trouble. I want you to have a date night. And when you go out on your date night, it is all positives. It is anathema to bring up something that is negative or something negative about the kids. That is not the time. There's other times to talk about. This is, and if you have to write down different topics that are neutral or pleasant, do it. It's amazing how difficult that is. Um, but if a couple can pull that off, um, just how much benefit that can bring to a relationship. Because then when you say, you know, we can't even spend an hour together without fighting. Well, no, no, wait, wait, wait. We did last week. Actually, we did last week. Yeah. And so you are, you're producing positive memories together. Um, I also, sorry to interrupt. So I often have couples do a love day, and this is kind of to your um, dinner idea, uh, but a calendar love day where they figure out, um, and they work on this together, they figure out three to five behaviors that they know their spouse, and their spouse has confirmed this, would like, that they would enjoy. Um, And then they have a day where they just serve each other to death. Yeah. Um, So whether it's dinner, love days, calendared, I I think that's key. And there's this wonderful little resource called Simply Romantic Nights uh, that you can get on Amazon. And it's just envelopes. Uh, There's a bunch for the girl, a bunch for the guy. And it's very low cost. Uh, it's not spending money on anything, but it's all week long. You're dropping reminders. And then what's romantic about it is that the other person really works to pull the evening off. Um, but there's all sorts of resources out there for this type of a thing. Also, once a quarter, overnighter. Once a quarter, an overnight, just an overnighter. And it doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal. It does not. Although that'd be awesome. It could be shipping the kids out. And just having stay at home, but whatever you have an, an, an overnighter where you just focus on yourselves. And I can already hear people saying, uh, I can't afford to do that. There's no time to do that. And the truth is you can't afford not to do yeah, it. Yeah, You got to make the time. And you do not, it, it, you have to make the time for this because who cares how many soccer practices you take your kids to if you divorce one day. Or how much money you make. That just means that your spouse is going to get a bigger half. If we're not taking care of these issues, all of this effort is for naught. Now, then that is not to say that we cut off any and all same-sex friendships. Uh, Guys hanging out with the guys and, and, and the girls going and playing bunko and getting drunk on red wine is critically important. Therefore, don't completely stop doing it, but it needs to be about a 75-25. Yeah, the vast majority of your experiences need to be with your family. Absolutely. Um, 
we've got to be able to 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 have those individual times with our same sex buddies. Um, but that is the exception, not the rule. We mentioned this quite often in our problem solving segment, but um, make sure your spouse is, is downloading and listening. We want we've designed this for you guys to listen to this together and then problem solve your relationship together. It, it's not helpful if just you as the husband or you as the, as the wife are listening and then just fading off into oblivion uh, and not having uh, verbalizing all this to your spouse. So be sure to have them download this. But so we've, we've listed, you don't necessarily have to love what you're doing. You just got to love who you're doing it with purposefully calendar uh, leisure activities. Uh, it's critical. Positive memories dictate uh, future decisions in relationship. Um, and so to, to be gaining uh, calendared, to be gaining leisure activities, positive memories with your spouses is, is, is key. Uh, number three, I had to really work on this early in my marriage. I, I'm kind of an introvert. I love alone time. Sitting down watching a movie by myself is just my nirvana. Uh, I quickly uh, realized that that wasn't necessarily going to be the case in marriage. Um, and specifically when, when we had kids, they're just always around. So I had to... The exact same experience right after we got married. I would just love sitting around snorting Coke and watching Scarface. Mm, it's yeah. what I did prior to marriage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Beth, Didn't she love it? put a stop to it. Huh. She did. Scarface or cocaine? Uh, Scarface first. Okay. And then she got around to the, the blow. Huh. <laughs> so I understand what you're saying. I just wanted to. Okay, go ahead. That's good. Yep. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. And number three. Um yeah, so I, I you have to you have to make this mental switch that your alone time is family time. And obviously that's within reason that you can go out and build a bench and work on wood if you want to. Have your hobbies, that's fantastic, but it needs to be the extreme minimum. Um, that your alone time, that your recoup time after work includes your wife and your children. Um, and that is something that that I think a lot of us struggle with, especially those that are married later on um, in today's culture. And so your alone hot time has to become your family time. Um, and number four, um, if this is you guys and you're listening to this podcast and it really hits home that we really don't spend a lot of time together, that our leisure activities are a lot of the time spent outside um, uh, our home away from our spouses, um, I really think this is a symptom of a, a larger issue, um, whether it is the escape or whether y'all don't enjoy each other's company, um, that if, if this is you guys, I would encourage you go to couplecheckup.com. Uh, we mentioned the prepare and enrich. You actually have to, for the prepare and enrich, be certified to take that. Um, but couplecheckup.com is a place that go to someone who's certified. To absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but couplecheckup.com is a place where um, you can go, any couple can go, uh, pay a, a small fee to be able to take a test, and it assesses all of these different, to include leisure activities, all these different areas in your relationship. Because probably what you're fi- going to find if you're not spending time together is that you're struggling in other areas as well. So we'd really encourage you to go ahead and do a couple checkup. So as, as sort of um, unrealistic as it sounds, our leisure activities within our marriage, are that is much more important than we want to think it is. 
Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Garb. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I'll tell you something. In fact, uh, one of the last interviews I did with Dr. Dobson uh, when he was at Focus on the Family, uh, he interrupted me in the middle of a story where I was talking about how I just messed something up completely wrong, just did it the wrong way with Leslie. And and he kind of stopped me in my tracks and interjected and, and said, well, here's what you should have done last.